0: 411 Live. Where well, you
1: can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way.
0: For your girl. 411 Live. It seems like we are in a climate of heightened conflict on the local level and especially on the national level. Wouldn't you agree? In the words of Rodney King, can we just get along? Well, we're going to talk about that. Hello, I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. Wouldn't it be nice if there was someone who had the skills to bring different people with different sides to the table in a civil manner and talk about the differences and de-escalate the conflict? Wouldn't that help? Well, you know what? I have somebody that I'm willing to nominate, and it is my guest for today. That's Maura Kelly. She is an expert in alternative dispute resolution from negotiation to mediation to facilitation, and she has a whole lot of other skills as well. Maura, welcome. Thank you so much, Bev. It's wonderful to be here. You know, I was thinking about when we met, um, Some people know and some don't. Um, uh, I went back to school after not being in school for many, many, many years. Went to Marquette to get my master's degree in dispute resolution. And you were one of my instructors in negotiation. And I really enjoyed that class. You have a talent. You have a skill. You really do.
1: Oh, thank you. And you were one of my star pupils by far. It's uh, not everyone can do this work uh, well. And you certainly demonstrated that time after time, not only in class, but in the years following. And it's, it's just a, a joy to call you my colleague.
0: You know, I, it to me, it is so fascinating. You know, I'm all into mediation and um, I just, I, I look at it and look at it and I think, This works, it just works. Tell me what drew you to alternative dispute resolution.
1: Well, in the earlier part of my working life, I was in human resources, I was a VP of HR, and the firms that I was working with were all manufacturing firms and all unionized. So, I got a very early education in having to become a better negotiator because I was the person who was at the bargaining table representing the company in labor negotiations for a new contract for uh, the production employees or maintenance employees or whoever we were bargaining about at that time. And I absolutely loved the not just the, the practice of negotiation, but also the theories behind it. And in doing that and in doing the HR work, got into some more aspects of dispute resolution particularly in handling grievances and arbitrations which are other forms of of dispute resolution and i kept thinking there's got to be more i can learn and i just was a sponge for picking up this kind of information took a lot of different kinds of of training programs either from the federal mediation and conciliation service or from uh, academic organizations just to become better and better and better at doing this. And so when I ended up starting my own business, I thought this is when they always talk about do what you love. What did I love? I loved negotiating. I loved solving problems. I loved helping people get unstuck. And mediation is negotiation with a third party in the room, a neutral third party in the room. So what? (laughs) I could do that. And so that's that's what I've been doing now uh, for the for the rest of my work life. And I you cannot make up what people fight about. Yeah. That's- and you cannot make up the stories. And I, I tell people that I'm a dispute doctor and that what that means is that I diagnose, treat and work and uh, resolve and prevent workplace disputes. And you 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 just cannot make up the stories. And, you know, you've been a, you're an experienced mediator now, too. And, you know, the the stories that that people fight about and what they what they end up resolving and and compared to what they started with is just it's a remarkable journey and it's it's always magic
0: yeah right now i am a mediator with a milwaukee county family court and i mediate with uh with the wisconsin special education mediation system which you turned me on to that and You know, I went to the training, I got accepted Mm -hmm. and that has been really rewarding. But you're right. I mean, the conflicts, what people are disagree about, uh, it's amazing. And I know, and sometimes you're in a mediation and you think, I don't know if this is going to come together or not. And then pop, it does. And it's like, wow, okay, this is good. This is good.
1: If you stick at it long enough, I mean, nationally... Seventy five percent of all disputes that go into mediation do get themselves resolved. Right. And so that's you're you're starting out with a three out of four chance that you're going to be able to work this out with someone else helping you negotiate better with the other person. Uh, And and for those of us who work in this, uh, you know, our own skills can usually bring that um, resolution rate up. And but being able to be in the room and to watch people who come in so polarly opposite and so distrustful Mm -hmm. and so unpleasant to each other and have them end up several hours later, they don't have to love each other and they don't have to be throwing their arms around each other and saying, oh, let's be besties. What they will do, though, is to say, you know what? I can live with what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I could do that, and you, then go ahead. They walk, and then they and they're done, and they walk away, and they've got they their dignity is left intact, their respect is left intact, and nobody has to feel that they were beaten in the dispute. Right, right. They resolved the dispute jointly.
0: You know, I have I have stolen uh, a few analogies from you. one one of them that uh, couples seem to really get when I'm doing family court where they're doing child placement and child custody and I talk to the couples in that evaluation part you know that introduction to see if they really want to go with the mediation and I talk about the banana and you know when it's it's green and like a couple coming in and they're hooked up on the emotions and the past and they're ready to fight and they are not ready to mediate. They're too entrenched in, you know, whatever it is, those issues. And then I talk about that brown banana, you know, the (laughs) peel just kind of falls off. It kind of smells, it doesn't taste good. And I tell them, you know, that's like that couple that they'll listen to you. They'll listen to the other side. Or they'll let the other side talk, but in their mind, it's like I don't care what you say. I'm not I'm interested. I'm done. I'm done. It's over. Yeah. So they're not ready for mediation. And I and then I tell them, you know that yellow, that golden, that mm, that ripe banana it smells good. You peel it and you take a bite. It's sweet. And it's good. That's the couple that's ready yeah. to mediate. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, So. I stole that from you, and I stole <laughs> another one about an orange. You know, I just, you know,
1: I, yeah. I we was, got all the we got all the different fruit examples uh, in mediation. Yeah, but, I listen yeah, to but, you. <laughs> and and the, the 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 point of of that, which uh, and and the banana is just a, a marvelous visual metaphor for it, is that in disputes, people have to want the dispute to be over. Mm-hmm and if it's too early or if it's too late it's not going to reach a resolution but when you're in that yellow banana stage that's that's where you have it so when you, when i know that when you know when people talk to you or talk to me about uh the kind of work we do and, and they say well well why why can't you why can't you just you know get world peace <laughs> well because some people don't want the fighting to stop
0: yep. It's true. And and yeah. I meet people like that.
1: It's oh yeah. Like, you know. And, and and some people feed on conflict and they they view it as sport. And they like to get in there and poke and prod and rile people up and then sit back and watch the show. Yeah. And they 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 think it's interesting or fun or especially if they can get other people going at each other, but they get to not be involved. Right. And so there's a a kind of a weird power about that. And some people view it that way. And and at the same time, the vast, vast, vast majority of people really dislike conflict and they don't want to be involved in it. And they'd rather be any place else other than in it. And and when it's over, they keep thinking, well, if I'd only done something different, I would have had a better outcome. Yes, you would have but you didn't want to get involved right? and you didn't want to confront it and handle it and deal with it in a very reasonable process oriented way.
0: Yeah. You know, we always talk about the, the pie, expanding the pie and not just slicing the pie, you know, slicing it. You get this piece, I get this piece, but expanding it, coming up, coming up with creative solutions. So it's, it's, Bigger and better than what you saw at first on the table, that pie. Now it looks great. Both of you can get a piece and enjoy it and you know, and come to a mutually satisfying agreement,
1: yeah, and maybe there's pie left over. Um, one one of the students in in the the program that that you were in, and I had been in that in that program as well, uh, getting a master's um what what was uh someone who whose native language was was not english and the when we talked about expanding the pie or uh, growing the pie um when it translated into her own language it came out as big cake <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it was, <laughs> so let's get some big cake yeah and uh, and, and that is that is absolutely what happens. And the reason that uh, mediation and, and a more formal dispute resolution processes work is because it does make big cake. It does expand the pie because when the parties come in, there are only two solutions, my way or your way. And what the mediator does is to show them that well yes, those are two options and there are many others. Let's go find those others. Yeah. Let's find our solution. Let's find uh, four other solutions that neither one of you came in with, but that once you find out about them, you say, yeah, yeah, I I could do that mm-hmm. That'd be fine. That works for me. yeah so that's that's one of the reasons why the process itself is so successful.
0: Yeah. And mediation takes work. I mean, you, have oh, yeah. to, you have to be ready for it. Um, throw it, throw out your ideas and the other person throw out their ideas and not criticize, not shutting the door on it, just throwing everything out there and then looking at it and seeing what works, what could work, you know, what a combination, you know, looking at different things, but to get to that point, a lot of times we have to reframe the thinking or the, the messaging coming from the two people of or the, or the different sides. And to me, when I was in class, you were a master at reframing.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It is, it is uh, a
0: skill. It, it's a learned skill. Yeah.
1: And, and so people can learn it. And, and the more you do it, the, the better you get at it. And reframing um, is, for, for people who may not know that particular term of art in terms of mediation world, reframing is to take a situation and to have the parties be able to look at it in not just one of two ways, mine, yours, but to look at it as something different something bigger something more expansive or sometimes something more narrow uh, that they can then when you see the problem differently you approach it differently yeah and therefore you come up with different solutions so instead of for instance uh, because of the work you do in in family court instead of saying well um i i I have little Susie fifty percent of the time. Well, no, what your interest is, the the thing you are want, you want to most have is you want to have meaningful connection with your child. Right. That's the important thing. It's not fifty percent because you could have great, meaningful involvement with your child shared with the other parent. Uh, And it doesn't come down to exactly 50-50, because if it were, then you could switch the child back and forth between two houses every hour on the hour. Well, that's not in the best interest of the child. Mm -hmm. So and, and kids grow. They have different needs at different times. There may be a point where they really need to be with their mother more. Maybe there's times they need to be with their dad more. Maybe there's times they need to be with other family members Aunts, uncles, grandparents, and have time with them too. And as children grow, their needs change, uh, situations change, their academic abilities change. And so it's a it's a constantly moving process. And by saying, no, it has to be exactly 50-50, right. or it um I I can't do you can't do this, or I I won't do that. Uh, when you look at Uh, what is really in the child's best interest that changes the discussion because now it's not the parent, the individual parent best interest. It's the best interest of the child.
0: Right. And with that mediator, you're kind of, um, you're the navigator of the process, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. you can pull the couples back because they get they get on the tangent and they're thinking about me. Well, you did this, so I'm gonna do this, and it's like, okay, let's focus on the child. What What would be best for the child here? You know, yes. and then it's uh, well, okay, and then that changes the dynamic. Um, we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about us. Um, Going to the Green Bay Correctional Facility, the maximum security prison prison and the work that we did there and um, just how rewarding it really was. So people who are looking and, uh, you know, checking us out, you know, please leave your comments and tell us what you're thinking because, you know, we truly want to know. But we're going to be back. So stay with us. I hear someone go, didn't it come from you guys? Strangers cough at me. Move away from me. Someone spit towards my direction. All the stereotypes that we've worked so hard to break are just going to be reversed, and I won't let that happen. We all have to play our part. Did I donate my plasma? I've been making masks. We deserve respect as much as everybody else. I'm a firefighter, not a virus. I'm a mask maker, not a virus. I'm a nurse. I'm a delivery
1: woman. Chef. A neighbor. Artist.
0: Bus driver. I'm a doctor. Fight Fight the the virus. virus. Fight Fight the 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 virus. virus. where you rise this is where you shine this is where you become the greatest of all time history in the making
1: is
0: this is history in the making history in the making vote for your life welcome back my guest Mora kelly she is a mediator extraordinaire negotiator arbitrator you know she's all things of alternative dispute resolution so welcome back to you Let's talk about when we went to Green Bay um, Correctional Institutional, Institutional Institution, uh, the maximum security prison. And we were participating in their program, Challenges and Possibilities, which I thought was an outstanding program. Yeah. You know, the inmates, they had to go through, they, they had to qualify for the program. So they had to do certain things. And once they were in the program, it was like going to school. You know, you had all these different courses, um, restorative justice, finances, parenting, all those different things. And then we came to your segment and you were kind enough to invite me to tag along. Yeah.
1: Going up to Green Bay and I did this twice a year sometimes three times a year for 13 years did you do that
0: long i didn't realize it was that long yeah
1: it was that long uh it was always a phenomenal day and the the staff at the prison and the people who were running challenges and possibilities always encouraged me to bring other people with me so when on one of those trips when i asked if you wanted to come and, and you hopped along well after that, there was no, you know, that seat was taken in the car and uh, (laughs) there was not going to be anybody else going. Because as we would always say, as we were driving back to Milwaukee, that it had been a good day in prison. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. reason that it was always a good day in prison was, first of all, the program was spectacularly well constructed. It focused on positive, meaningful things that the men who were incarcerated could do to improve their lives, to improve their family relationships, because they do have people outside of those walls uh, that they are in contact with and who they are still part of. And it also helped prepare them for what their next step would be. Certainly, some of the, um, the people who were at Green Bay Max Uh, will never leave there. However, a number of them would qualify to be able to go to a medium security or maybe to even to a minimum security. And a a number of them would be released. So these, what the program was trying to do was to give them life skills that they could apply immediately, but that they could also use going down the road. And so our section, when our little Uh, dispute resolution team would would come in, we would we would spend the day talking about conflict and and some people might think, well, that's kind of a little late for people who are already behind bars, but they still have a life there and they could still make their lives better with guards, with uh, other inmates, with their families and by giving them meaningful skills in terms of how to handle disputes and how to listen better, how to be aware of their own way of listening and how to bring more control back to them to handle some of the things that came up to them. One of the big things about obviously being in any kind of prison is that you are, you are under a lot of other people's control. Right. And you are under a lot of rules and regulations and you can't do this and you can't do that or you can only do this at this particular time. And what we were trying to do in our discussions uh, was to show them that they did have choices and they made the choice. They decided what what they wanted to do about engaging in or getting out of uh, a dispute, either with a with a. A member of the correctional staff, or with a family member, or with um, their cellmate, and th- so this was very hands-on, practical, meaningful uh, things, and it never failed. Bev, and, and you were there for so many of them. It, we never knew exactly how the day was going to go. Mm-hmm. We never knew uh, who was going to be in there, and we and you, you know, those of us who went up never knew why the person was there. Right. And that was for a good reason. And it was always uh, very polite and formal and respectful. Uh, you were Ms. Taylor and I was Ms. Kelly and um, we would refer to the people in the room as you know as as Mr. Cateras or Mr. Jones or uh, Mr. O'Malley. And so it was we we made it more formal in that way to, because it was more dignified. Right. And they, but they would take that conversation into places we had no way to right. prepare
0: for. It, it did go all over the place and interesting conversations. Um, I was, I was amazed and they were like sponges, you know, they yeah. took in what, you know, the exercise and they participated and the discussions were incredible. I should say that the the guys we sat in a circle and the guys were all in a circle and there were names un- underneath their chairs so we would know what their names were. So we could refer them to them as Mr. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we would have these great conversations. And you took them, you know, helped them to think about conflict and how easy it is to fall into it with the the listening skills, Mm -hmm. exercise. Mm -hmm. Just tell us just a little bit so people will know. Okay.
1: Uh, This this is a topic, as you know, that I could talk about for eight hours, but we we don't have eight hours. Um, The short, very, 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 very short version. We like to hear things the way we like to hear things. And there are four different ways of preferring how you listen. And these are listening styles. And once we all have all four of these styles in us, but we do have a preference for how we like to hear things, when we like to hear things, who we like to hear them from, whether we want to have our learning be visual, whether we want it to be auditory, whether we want it to be hands-on and kinesthetic. We, we like what we like. And once you know what listening style you have, in other words, how you like to hear things, it makes it easier for you to understand why it is that that other person is so annoying to you, because they're not hearing things the way you want to be hearing things. And, and the biggest example of this, the the two most prevalent styles are people listeners and action listeners. Mm -hmm. People listeners love to tell stories. How was your weekend? Oh, well, you know, it was kind of interesting because we were going to have some people over for dinner and we wanted to do something really different. And I was looking at some of these cookbooks and boy, you know, you can really get lost in those things because you start reading and then you look at all those ingredients. You don't even know what some of them are. And I saw that one of those ingredients was something that, well, I had read about Now, if you're not a people listener, the, the little thought bubble over your head is going, shut up <laughs> stop talking because you, you 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 asked a simple what you thought was a simple question but a people listener really thinks you want to know and so they're going to tell you everything they're going to tell you all the details they're going to tell you who was there and what they were wearing and what you had and I mean, everything because you asked and people listeners love people they right. love relationships they love connections they are extremely good at seeing somebody walk by and know that there's something wrong with that person. They go, oh, what's wrong? I can tell. There's, it's all over your face. Other person doesn't have to say a word. Uh, a people listener will see it. They'll know it. They pick up on it. They're great emotional glue. Mm-hmm. They can also be a little involved in your life when you don't want them to be. And they can uh jump to conclusions sometimes uh that can be way off the track. So if if someone says, well, I'm, I'm taking the dog into the vet, uh the, the people listener will, oh my god, that's so terrible. You know, we had to, I'm still not over when we had to put Fluffy down. And uh we're just going in for shots. <laughs> So, they they can get overly involved. Okay. Now, on the other hand, action listeners speak and think in bullet points ABC, one, two, three, get it done. How was your weekend? Fine. (laughs) Now, if you're not an action listener, the thought bubble over your head is wow, that person, she's so cold. Good Lord, how did she ever even get a family? Oh my god they they won't they won't understand that you asked. I answered. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I, and I'm going to be efficient and orderly, and I'm not going to do this. So if you have two people who have these very different styles, you start from a position of you know one person saying, stop talking. And the other person saying, talk more. Right. And so, boom, right there, you've got a difference. It's not a difference in trying to do things on purpose or that I'm really wanting to rally you up. It's just that I hear things differently and I communicate differently than you do. That doesn't make me right and you wrong. That makes us different. Right.
0: So instead of thinking, this person is so annoying, if I know about the different styles, I can think, well, oh, well, he's a people person and this is kind of the way he processes Mm -hmm. things and he talks and stuff. I can deal with that. I just know that if I don't have a lot of time, maybe I can say, don't have a whole lot of time, wish I, you know, we should get together another time, you know, or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But knowing that can help you. Otherwise... People can walk away with hurt feelings,
1: right? And and it's it's the 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 important point, Bev, you've put your finger right on it. Is it's just the awareness that we're not all the same, right. and that's okay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely,
1: and that we uh, we can, we all know we all have all four of these styles in us. Mm-hmm. It's just where we choose to go, and part of that is driven by where are you, what are you doing, and who's there with you. So we we can we can all become people listeners. We can all become action oriented people. We can all become time listeners, which who are all about the tick and, and not the web uh, site, but the but the actual clock and where I have to be and what I'm doing next and what I'm scheduled for. And then the other style is the content listeners, who are all about well why. Well, why? Well, why? Tell me more. Why? And they, they want data, facts, numbers, figures. They want to have every piece of information that they could possibly get. Well, people listeners uh, will be confused by that. Action listeners are going to be really annoyed by that because, hey, I got to go. Let's, <laughs> hey, I got something to do here. I have to get this done. And so sometimes the arguments start over Not what the topic is, but how it is being discussed. And some of that how is because of the different listening style that the other person has that you don't. And so you have a clash of styles, had nothing to do with the content. It was a style thing first, then you get into the content, and then you're off to the races. There you go. It's
0: there funny. you go. I hope people yeah. listening can pick up on that and think of that in terms of their, you know, their personal relationships, interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's family or the workplace. That could be very, very helpful. Well, Maura Kelly, I had so many things on my list to talk to you about. but. Uh-huh. We don't we have could be online. here. We could we could do a two week podcast. Yeah, we could. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we could. We're gonna have to bring you back on. And I know that um you had travel arrangements that well, you rearranged so you could be here, and I really want to thank you for that. I- oh,
1: it, I would do anything for you, Bev. You know that, and it's it's always such a treat to to hang out, and uh, we've had some epic lunch
0: gabs, and so uh, anything you need, I'm here to help you, buddy. All right, Mora Mora Kelly, uh, owner of Kelly Consulting, uh, mediator, arbitrator, negotiator. Uh, you're doing webinars and every. You're a busy woman. You really are. So I am. <laughs> thank you for sharing your time with us. So thank, thank you and you. happy travels.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Bev. Take All care. right.
0: And thank you for joining us for another episode of the 411 Live Real People, Real Talk. You know, if you're interested in other uh, episodes that we've done, you can go to your favorite podcast platform. And put in the 411 Live. You'll find us there. You can also go to YouTube. You'll find us there. If you go there, please subscribe. We are a nonprofit organization, so if you feel so inclined to be a sponsor, go to the411live.org, our website, and we would really appreciate anything you could do. But for now, thank you for joining us. I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk.